Good morning, Springbrook. Welcome into the house of the Lord for worship. We are so excited to be with you this morning. We are looking forward to jumping into a brand new year of worship together. We expect the Lord to show up in mighty and beautiful ways in our time together, and so we're delighted that you get to be a part of it with us today. If you're joining us online at our 9 o'clock service, I want to remind you we have online hosts who are available for you all throughout the service. They would love to pray with you. They'd love to answer your questions. Our heart for you is that you would feel connected to this community, that you would feel cared for and loved no matter where you are or what's going on in your life today. So please engage in the chat. Let us know that you're here. We'd love to care for you and get to know you a little bit there. Well, I'd love to invite you to stand if you are able, in body or in spirit, for our call to worship. And our call to worship today comes from Psalm 16. This is verses 8 through 11, where the psalmist writes, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. No, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Let's worship the Lord together in his joy this morning. together we worship we worship the god who was we worship the god who is we worship the god who evermore will be he opened the prison doors he parted the raging sea But now we're running free. Yes, we are forgiven. Except 
Sing, who can stop the Lord Almighty? reading for this morning comes from the prophet Isaiah. This is Isaiah 44, where he writes, Now hear, O Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus says the Lord who made you, who formed you from the womb and will help you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen, for I will Pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They shall spring up among the grass like willows by flowing streams. The Lord is pouring out his spirit on us this morning. Let's continue to worship him. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we only want to hear your voice. We're hanging on every word. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we want to know you more and more. We're hanging on every word. Come speak to us, Lord. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we only want to hear your voice. We're hanging on every word. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we want to know you more and more. We're hanging on every word. 
is when you speak, when you move, when you do what only you can do. It changes us, changes what we see and what we seek. When you come in the room, when you do what only you can do, it changes us, changes what we see and what we see.
let's give our lives unto the Lord this morning. My life is yours. And my hope is in you only. Cause you made this sinner holy and holy. holy. Cause your glory is so beautiful. I
Lord, you are so good. We thank you and we praise you for giving us your son, Jesus, to die on that cross and rise again. Lord, you died for every single one on this earth and you died for every single one in this room, Lord. Remind us of that. Thank you for the wonderful gift to gather together today and worship your name. You know where all of our hearts and minds are at in this moment. And will you soften them? Will you open our eyes to receive what you have for us today? We pray this all in your holy name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters. Um, my name is Andy Suarez, and I am an elder here at Springbrook, and I just want to thank you for worshiping here today with us. Um, there is a connection card if you're worshiping with us in person. Um, you'll notice on your seats uh, there's a, like a white card. Um, if you want to give us any information about you that you'd like to share, um, if you want to share with us any prayer requests that you have, we'd love to lift those up with you. Um, if you're with us online, there's a connections card link there that you can fill out and you can give us all that same information. We have a few different events that are going on. Um, we have a Springbrook's No Regrets event. We had taken some time off from this for the last couple of years for no reason in particular, and um, we're doing it again. Uh, I've been to the last few that we've done, and if you're a man, if you're sitting in here right now, write this down, because if you're like me, it's like, oh yeah, I want to get to that, and then a few weeks go by and somebody says it again, and then you're like, oh yeah, that's right, I want to get to that. Um, so just right now, do it. Um, register or make, make yourself a little note. This is a great event for men. Um, it's a bunch of men we're getting together, we're praying together, um, there's going to be several break-off sessions and things that are dealing with different topics, um, whether you're a single guy that's out there, or whether you're married and your kids have gone off to, you know, start their own lives, um, there's stuff in there for men at any um, point in their life and any walk in their in their um, journey, so um, really recommend that, sign up, springbrook dash springbrook.org slash no regrets. Um, there is like an early thing. If you sign up before January 22nd, I think it is, you can get a t-shirt um, because we're trying to get a count on that. But it is coming up on February 4th, so don't delay. Uh, we have our starting point class. If you're newer to Springbrook and you're kind of saying, hey, I like these people a little bit, I think I might want to hang with them a little bit longer, um, it's probably time to get to the starting point class. Or maybe you've been here for a while and you've just, you, you kind of want to get a bearing on what Springbrook's about and maybe what next steps would be. Um, starting point class is great for that. We talk a little bit about kind of the, the history of Springbrook, kind of what we're about here, and what a good next step might be. We're some place that you might be able to plug in or you might be able to serve. Um, it's a great class to kind of learn about Springbrook and kind of, you know, get an idea on where you're going with things here. Um, that's a Zoom class. It's a two-week class. It starts this coming Wednesday um, at 7 p.m., and you can just sign up right through springbrook.org slash connect. Um, we have our leadership gathering coming up. Um, if you're a leader here, hopefully we'll be seeing you. Uh, next week after the service, uh, we'll be meeting in the gym at 1230. Uh, lunch will be provided. Um, we'll be, uh, Rich will be talking about some vision casting that's going on with the church. We'll break up into groups. Um, if you're interested in being a leader at Springbrook and maybe you don't know anything about that, sign up and just come and we will find a place for you. We'd love to have you join us. We're always looking for more leaders here at Springbrook um, and you can do that at springbrook.org slash leader. So thank you guys. You have a good morning and Rich is going to be out in just a moment.
All right, good morning. Welcome to Springbrook Church. We're so glad that you are with us this morning. My name is Richard. I'm the lead pastor. And if this is your first time with us, we're glad that you are, are here. I feel like I can still say Happy New Year. Is that okay? Happy New Year. <laughs> I said that last week, and I feel like, okay, I feel like it's over. But then there's so many people I haven't seen, I, I'm still saying Happy New Year. I got permission not to have to say it to anybody next week. So, But we can still enjoy the New Year, can't we? We are in a series through the book of Psalms, and so we are uh, glad that you're with us this morning. We're in week two, and uh, I love the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms helps us to express our hearts and our attitudes uh, towards God. And so it's a, it's a book that, as you're reading, will connect with you at a heart level. It's filled with words to, to pray to God, uh, to sing to God. And we kicked off this uh, four-week series uh, last week. We talked a little bit about uh, the book of Psalms. Last week, um, I also mentioned that we'd have some resources for you as we go through this series, and those are out at the uh, Ministry Center Tower this week. Uh, we've got a couple of things for you as we go through this series, and really as we kick off this new year. We've got some um, uh, Bible reading plan tabs, and so these bookmarks, uh, we'll get new ones every quarter. So first quarter's uh, Bible reading plan is out there. You can pick up one of those bookmarks. We've got uh, some journals out there where you can keep notes. It's got the same Bible reading plan in the journal. Um, we've got some great resources for you on our website. We've got a, a Bible memorization app uh, called Scripture Typer. And so if you want to uh, work on meditating and reflecting on Scripture um, this year, there's some great resources for you there. And we've got that study guide. I know many of you have picked up the study guide that um, we'll be going through this series with. It's a three-week study guide. And so if you uh, want to pick one up, um, you can start it next week, and then you'll be able to finish that as we go through the series. And so if you've got any questions about any of these resources, uh, you go to our website. They're also on our app, but that's uh, springbrook.org slash psalm. 119. The book of Psalms has 150 chapters in it, and so we did a little bit of an overview uh, last week. The first 41 chapters are really more reflective of um, our situation, our humanity. They speak a lot to our condition. Uh, 41 or 42 through uh, 72 talk about the deliverance that we have in Christ and the fact that God loves us and delivers us and doesn't leave us uh, in our own uh, vices. And as you move into 73 through 89, it talks a little bit about who we are together. It talks about the sanctuary of God. And so those psalms all reflect um, uh, just kind of what it means to who we are together. And then uh, we look at the reign of God in Psalm 90 through 106. talks about the significance of who he is and his reign and his sovereignty. And then as we get to the back half uh, in Psalms uh, uh, 107 through 150, um, talk about the importance of the word of God in our life. And so that's what we want to focus on as we move into this new year. We're praying that God would give us wisdom and clarity as to his leading. And we want to ground ourselves and word ourselves. We want to, we want to anchor ourselves in the, in the reliability of Scripture as we move into this new year. And so we're in Psalm 119, which, is, which falls into that uh, book 5 summary. So it's 150 chapters. Or it's 150 sermons we could do just on the book of Psalms. Wouldn't that be fun? And as we moved into uh, Psalm 119, uh, Psalm 119 is broken up into the 22 uh, letters of the alphabet, and so there's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and we've got 22 sections in Psalm 119, and so we went through section one uh, last week, which was based on the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, um, Aleph, and so Aleph really kind of pointed us to the, our, our obedience and the importance of what it means to be in God's word, and today we're going to be looking at um, Bet, which is the second letter of the uh, Hebrew alphabet, and it kind of focuses us on, uh, on, on purity. What does it mean to live a, a pure life? And so we're going to be looking at uh, verses uh, 9 through 16 this morning. It's broken out like this. And uh, each one of these uh, verses begins with the letter B in Bet in Hebrew. And so we've got uh, with the way, with the heart, with the word, with blessing. 
Uh, we've got what with testimonies and we have uh, with directions and with statutes. And so each one of those sentences talks about one particular characteristic of what it means to live a pure life. And so there's eight sermons right there. We could, this would be a great eight-week series, just taking one of those verses and unpacking that and talking about what it looks like. So between Psalms, Psalm 119, and, and just these verses, we got like 175 sermons we could do. <laughs> there's a lot in there. And so there's a lot to digest. And so we want to pull back a little bit. We're just going to summarize verses 9 through 16 this morning. But I want to encourage you, um, there's a lot there, as, to, as you think about moving into this new year and starting the new year right, grounding yourself and and all that God would have for you this year. Take advantage of some of those resources. Uh, Study guide will give you a nice overview of Psalm 119. We've got the Bible reading plan, the journaling, and so um, there's an old adage that says, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So there's a lot of information going to be coming at you. We're going to share some things with you this morning, but I want to encourage you as we step out into this new year just to take some bite-sized pieces as you think about what does it mean to be on a journey together? And so this is not a sprint, it's a marathon, and so we want to encourage one another as we move through um, this year. If you brought a Bible with you, uh, you can turn with me to the book of uh, Psalms, we're in Psalm 119, and so it's really easy to find, so just go right to the middle, and uh, we're in Psalm 119, we're going to be looking at verses 9 through 16 together, and if you're watching online, we've got a a tab down at the bottom that you can click on, you can open up a Bible online if you'd like to do that um, as well. But beginning in verse 9... Uh, The author writes this, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all of your rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I find delight as much as in all the riches. I meditate on your precepts. I fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. And so just in these eight verses, we, we get framed up for us a, a question that the author poses for us. Psalm 119, 9 through 16, we're shown how to live, a, live out this life of purity. And he frames it up with a question. Now, last week we looked at Psalm 1.1, and we talked about what we're not to do. And so, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners nor in the seat of scoffers. And so, there's some things that we're not supposed to do if we want to experience God's blessing. Our delight is supposed to be in the law of the Lord, and on his law, we meditate day and night. So, Psalm 1 shows us what not to do. As we move into verses 9 in 119, though, the author poses for us a question, and that question is, how do we keep our ways pure? We know what we're not supposed to do, but how do we live a life that is good and pleasing to God? How do we live a pure life? And so the author frames this question up, and then the rest of the verses that we're going to look at kind of frame up for us eight strategies for how to do it. And so it's a rhetorical question in a way. And so uh, uh, he asks this question, and then he gives us eight answers for how we can answer that question. And it's not framed up in a sense that, you know, this is just talking to the men. This is the author's writing, and it would almost be as if he said, how can I keep my way pure? And so how can we keep our way pure? And when you think about the word pure, I'm sure many things uh, come to mind. If you've got um, young kids or grandkids, you know, maybe you've seen the movie Tarzan by Disney. There's a scene where the little elephant walks up and looks at the water. She goes, is this water sanitary? (laughs) One of my favorite scenes, I don't know why. 
But many things pop up into our heads when we think of purity, don't they? So what pops into your mind when you think of being pure? Maybe share with somebody next to you if you're watching online, put something in the chat. What pops into your mind when you think about purity? You know, for many people, maybe they think of sexual standards. You know, we want to keep ourselves pure. We have purity rings, and so there's an idea that we need to be set apart and, and not contaminated by the world. And so many times people think of purity from a sexual perspective. Or maybe it's cleanliness or hygiene, or maybe it's environmental. <laughs> I think there's a water called pure, if I'm not mistaken. But you know, we think of purity when it comes to food and bacteria, those kind of things. You know, I don't want stuff on my food. Purity here, the author is writing, means blameless. He means justified before God in right standing, righteous, or pure with regard to standing before a holy God. And so purity reflects our being justified and our righteous. And, and today we know that we can only do that because of who we are in Christ. But it's our, it's our standing before God. And it's not about being perfect. I know many times when I'm talking to people about faith, and they, you know, inevitably they'll start talking about church and people in the church. And like, oh, Christians, you guys think you're so perfect. That's not what this is talking about. In fact, the opposite is true. We know we're broken. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is no one that is perfect, not one. And so what the author is talking about here is not setting a standard where you're supposed to be perfect, but rather walking in a way that you're moving towards Christ-likeness. And so the word way is almost like, a, from, a, from a Hebrew perspective, it's like, it's like tracks in the mud. If you've, if you've seen a, a tracker or a, maybe a cart go through the mud, it's, it's formed these tracks. And so it's a rut. And so it's like we're living in a way, we're rutted in a way that we're walking towards being Christ-likeness. Either going to the left or the right, but we're focused. And so walking in a way is a, is a lifestyle. We're not supposed to be walking in the, where we have unwise counsel around us. We don't want to stand in the way of sinners. We don't sit, sit, see the scoffers. So there's some things that we don't do. That's the wrong way of living. The right way of living, the way of keeping a pure life, is, is focused on guarding it according to his word. And so the author actually answers the question. You know, recognize or not, we're all messed up, but we're, work, we're walking in a way towards Christ-likeness. So the answer to the question, how do you keep your way pure, is this, according to God's word. You see, that is our standard. There's just one way that we can live our life that's good and pleasing to God. There's one way that we can walk that is morally pure, and that is to live according to God's truth, to his word. This is our, this is our standard. And there's several words that are used interchangeably for the Bible. We talk about God's word, and all of them, though, refer to God's revelation, his spoken words to his people. God has spoken to us through his word. It's the, he's spoken to us. He's spoken to us through commandments and statues and rules and ordinances and testimony. These are all ways that God speaks to us through his word. You know, commandments are directions that God gives us that are for specific matters. They are a set, a clear set of things that we're to do and not to do. You know, we've got the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20. We're to have no other God before our God. We're not to have any graven images, you know, that would represent him. We're not to use his name in vain. We're to keep the Sabbath day holy. And so God's given us Ten Commandments. Those are a list of things that we are to do and not do. And then we have statutes. Statutes are, are, are regulations. They're, they're prescribed and they've been given to us to, to bring about a certain behavior or result. Kind of like rules and ordinances. Rules and ordinances are decisions or judgments that have been 
made and recorded for us, then God speaks to those, and they're given to us by one who has authority to make those rules and regulations and ordinances. You know, we all live in a village. We're in the village of Huntley or in the village of Algonquin or Lake in the Hills. There's village ordinances that have been made by people in authority to govern how we live, and that's what we find in Scripture too. God's given us ordinances that kind of direct how we live. And then we have testimonies. Testimonies are warning signs. They're stories or things that are to be remembered that give witness to the work, to the plans, and the purposes of God. And then there's my favorite, precepts. I love precepts. I got home last week and we were talking about Psalm 119 and I was talking to Carolyn. She said, well, how'd you enjoy this sermon? She was quiet. And I said, what? What's wrong? She goes, do you realize you did not say precepts? You said percepts every single time. <laughs> and there's a difference between precepts and percepts. <laughs> there's a difference. You know, precepts are, are the objects of something that is to pr- be perceived. For example, I perceive that perennial plants come back every year. <laughs> Not to get tripped up. God's precepts are important to us. They, they guide us. They direct us. They, they help us to understand how we're to live rightly. And so what we're talking about here is biblical truth that comes to bear on how we live. And it's an idea or a concept that is contrary. It's countercultural to what you'll experience in your conversations with your coworkers, your friends, your family, your neighbors, the people at school. You know, these are countercultural concepts. You know, we live in a time where people feel like they're free to determine their own morality of what's right and wrong. And we see the results of that. We, we don't get to do that. But our culture would say that we do. We get to define our picture of what's right and wrong. And we're talking about an absolute standard of what's true here. As a cultural, well, they don't like to be told what to do. That's the bottom line. Nobody likes to be told what to do. You know, have you ever tried to go 55 miles on the, on the tollway? You'll get run over. That's the speed limit. But our culture is going faster than that. It's 25 mile an hour speed limit through our neighborhoods. It's, it's, that speed limit is designed to, to keep our kids safe. You know, I had a friend of mine that uh, lived right across the street from us in Spring Grove, and he had one of these little children. Have you ever seen these children things up? You know, it's like most people put those up when there's people in their neighborhoods that are going too fast and they're concerned about their kids. And so he put one of those up. And uh, it was up for about two or three days. <laughs> it disappeared. <laughs> somebody took it. <laughs> and, and then he got another one. He put it back up there, and then somebody ran over it. And so they kept disappearing. And so finally he got one up. He put some rocks on it. He put a chain around it. He dropped it into this, into the, and people were just like, they'd steal the flag. I mean, nobody wanted to be told, please go slow in this neighborhood. And that's the culture we live in. You know, we don't want to be told what to do. We'll decide what's right and wrong. And Psalm 119, and these verses we're looking at, it brings to the surface the importance of understanding God's word and its place in our life. And he, and he says, if you want to live a way, if you want to live a life that is good and pleasing to God, here's how you do that. And so Psalm 119 says that, that there's just one way to live a life that is morally pure. And then he gives us eight strategies. And the first one we saw right as he answered the question, if you want to keep your way pure, you're to guard it according to to God's word. In other words, guarding something means it's a priority. I'm not going to take my eye off it. It needs to be important to us. Because if scripture is not important to us, then we're not going to be able to live in a way that is good and pleasing to God. It needs to be a priority in our life. It needs to be a priority. We need to live according to the truths 
that we find in it. And so it needs to be in, important. You know, as you think about God's Word and its place in our lives, you know, we need to go to it for answers. You know, if a young child has a question, where do they typically go? To their parents, right? And so kids will go to their parents if they've got questions. What happens when they become teenagers and they know everything? <laughs> they don't go to their parents, do they? they? They talk to one another. And so children go to parents. Teenagers, they go to other teenagers. And they start talking about making decisions to one another. Where do adults go when they have questions? Typically, they go to other sources. Google is a great tool. If I have a question, I'm just going to Google it. You know, they talk to others. You know, we are to go to God's Word as a priority to answer our questions. And we're not talking about where should I go for dinner type of questions, right? You know, those are kind of decisions that sometimes will stop a family. My wife and I will spend 10 minutes trying to talk about where to go to dinner. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about questions about what's right or wrong in life. We're talking about why did this happen to me? We're talking about decisions that we all have to make that are weighted decisions of importance. If we're going to live a way that is pure, we have to go to God's Word. It needs to be a priority for us in our decision-making with regard to how we're living our life and the decisions that we make. And that's the first way to, to keep our way pure is to make God's Word a priority. And then in verse 10, we see a second strategy. We're not to wander from God's Word. It's supposed to be a priority, and then we're not to wander from it. You know, this should resonate well for many people because we are a culture of seekers on a journey to find something, to find more in life, to find, to find something more, to find something better, to find a better job, to find a better circumstance. We're, we're all seeking more, more happiness, more fulfillment, and recognized or not, every single one of us and everyone outside, everyone in our culture is on a spiritual journey. I mean, so we're all on a journey. We're all seeking and so Psalm 119 ties our seeking to the importance of keeping God's word. Instead of turning to the world, we're to turn to God. You know, if we're seeking, we have questions, turn to God. And then when we find those answers, there we're, we're not to wander from those things. You know, we can't find answers. We need to keep looking in God's word instead of turning to the world. And then look at this request right after he, he identifies where we're seeking. He says this, let me not wander from your commandments. Isn't that a great prayer? That's a great prayer request. You know, sometimes if you're thinking about, well, I'm not quite sure how to, how to pray. This is a great prayer request. So we have a tendency to think about prayer requests from the perspective of, I mean, I've got a list of a lot of people that I'm praying for. Don't get me wrong. We, we pray for a lot of things. But wouldn't it be cool if we went into this new year and all of us were praying, God, don't let me wander from your commandments. That'd be awesome. I mean, if we want to live a life that is pure and good and pleasing to God, we need to prioritize his life, and then we need to make sure that we're rooted and anchored in it and not wander away from it. And it's really easy to do that when we're reminded on Sunday morning and we've come out of a small group or we've done our devotion, but then we need to remember it throughout the day that it doesn't just take its priority in our life at certain periods of the day, but we're living our life with a lifestyle that has a heart bent towards the importance of God's word. And so we prioritize it. And we, and we don't wander from it. And then in verse 11 says that we're to store it up. We're to, we're to store up God's word in our hearts. You know, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so rather than just reading it, which is important, you know, I've taken it into myself. It's become a part of me. It's, it's inside. 
And reading the Bible is important. In fact, I encourage everybody, let's, let's read through the Bible. If you want to read through the Bible this year with me, we've got those uh, bookmarks out there. We've got the reading plans that are designed uh, in the front of those journals. And so reading through the Bible is important. And, and so we want to be able to do that. But we also need to stop and, and store it up so that it's in the deepest part of ourselves so that we can remember the, the Ten Commandments. We're to have no other gods before him. We're not to make graven images. We're not to use his name in vain. You know, we are to keep the Sabbath day holy. We're to honor our father and mother. And we're to, not to murder. We're not to, we're not to steal. We're not to commit adultery. And we're not to have false testimony against our neighbor. And we're not to cover it, other people's stuff. Those are 10 really important commandments. And so, you know, and, and they're in Exodus 20. And so as you think about next year and say, you want, to store, you want to store some things up in your heart and you don't have a grasp of the Ten Commandments, those ten kind of set the tone for how we relate to God and how we relate to others. We're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and we're to love others as ourselves. Though it summarizes, all of Scripture hangs on those, on those Ten Commandments. And so if you haven't memorized those, store those up in your heart. Because when we see something and we start to covet, I have to, remember, I have to remind myself, <clears throat> I'm not to covet when we don't guard our eyes and we start looking at other spouses, you know, that is adultery. We, we need to guard our hearts and our minds so that we, that we can walk in a way that is good and pleasing to God. Those Ten Commandments will set the foundation for a life that is pure. Isaiah 40, 31, those that wait upon the Lord will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. I'm reminded when things are not going well that if I will wait on the Lord, that's where my strength comes from. And in John 6, we know that no one comes to the faith in Christ unless the Spirit of God draws them. And so as we move into this next year, as we move into 20, next year, it's not 2044, I'm still stuck in 2022, I guess. As we move into this year, I'm praying that many people would come to faith in Christ. I'm praying that people would make faith commitments and get baptized. And, get baptized. and I can work as hard as I want to about that happening. But you know what? Unless the Spirit of God is at work in somebody's life, it's not going to happen. And so when I think about ministry goals, as I think about how I, as, I, as we talk with our staff and our elders and we talk with our ministry team leaders, we should all be praying that the Spirit of God would draw others to themselves. And so when you look at a passage like John, John 6, 44, it informs how we do ministry. We know that we're dependent on the Holy Spirit working in the lives of people to make faith commitments, to grow in their faith you know, John 14, 3, Jesus says, I'm leaving you, but I'm going to come back. Isn't that a great, that's a great passage to memorize. That you're not alone. That the Holy Spirit has been given to us and that Jesus is going to come back. In Acts 1, 8, you're going to receive power and the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be what? Witnesses in Jerusalem, Jesus, married to the ends of the earth. And so memorizing scripture makes it a part of who you are. We are to store it up in our hearts so that we might not sin against God. And so that we can live a life that is pure and good and pleasing to him. And we have that uh, scripture type wrap. It's one of the resources that we have on that uh, website. Um, it's on your app. And it's springbrook.org slash Psalm 119. But we've got a, a, a scripture memory um, group that you can join. And uh, we, have a, we have a monthly verse that we share um, each month with our congregation. It's on our website. And so we're, we're trying to encourage a sense that we're, we're learning and memorizing Scripture together. We need, to, we need to store it up in our life. And then we need to study it. And so studying it is about, it's about opening it up and applying it and looking at it and, and, and thinking about what does this mean to me. Studying is, is, uh, is about intentionally thinking about what I'm going to do with what I'm reading. 
Have you ever uh, talked to somebody that's like they know everything? <laughs> Some people are hard to teach. You know, Peter gets a, gets a bad rap. I love Peter in the New Testament. Peter just was always talking and never listening. <laughs> You know, that was just one of the characteristics. Oh, I'll follow you to wherever you're going. Jesus, get back from me, Satan. You have no idea where I'm going. Peter's always talking. We're up on the Mount the Transfiguration. Oh, look, it'd be good for us to build a temple here. And the father says, would you please be quiet and listen to my son? So Peter was one of those guys that was just always charged up and always going. And, and we need to be people that have a, a humility about us. We need to be teachable. And I want to give you the permission today to say, I don't know. It's okay to say, I don't know. Let's go find those answers together. You know, I've been reading and studying and, and memorizing and reflecting, and, and I'm still learning. Every time I pick this up, I learn something. I, I didn't know there was eight ways to live a pure life until last week when I was kind of developing my outline. And I'm sure there's more than eight. <laughs> I mean, who said there's eight, right? We're looking at eight this morning. And so this list is, is kind of gives us a guideline for how we can understand this passage. It's not a, a legalistic perspective of, hey, there's the eight things you need to do. But, but there's something about studying it and thinking about how we can apply it that is still more important. I mean, I think, I I know there's things that I don't know. That's a good thing, right? (laughs) There's things that I know I I don't know. There's things that you know you don't know. There's things that you know you know, and that's good. It's good for us to know stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know stuff. But it's okay to say there are things that I don't know, and there's things that I know I don't know. But here's the thing. There are things that I don't know I don't know, and that's true for all of us. There are things that you don't know and you don't even know you know them. And so when we read through Scripture, Scripture enlightens for us things that we might not even been aware of. It's important that we study it and apply it and be teachable. You know, reading the Bible every day is a good thing to do. Those bookmarks, the journals, you know, pick at a passage, study it, memorize it. I encourage people, if you're reading through the Bible, don't make that the goal. <laughs> Because you can read, you can sit, and if you get behind, it's like, oh, I can catch up, or I'm going to read ahead. I'm going to read ahead. <laughs> I have a tendency sometimes to read ahead because I know I might miss it tomorrow, and that way I don't fall behind. <laughs> I don't know what that looks like for you. Don't read it that way. Read it, absorb it. If you're reading large chunks, when you're reading a large chunk of passages, just highlight one verse. And then when you're done, come back to it, look at it, and study it. You know, look at a scripture. Make some observations about it. How many words are in a passage? You know, this is a great passage <laughs> to study and memorize, right? Teach me your statutes. There's four words right there. One, two, three, four, five, six, eight, eight, nine, nine words. Nine words. What does each one of those mean? How is the Lord blessed? Do you believe that? Is he your Lord? Is he your, and so a Lord is somebody that's over you. Teach, you have a teachable spirit. And, and what am I supposed to be learning? Statutes. And so if you're reading a large block of Scripture, highlight one and come back to it. Don't just read to read. We've got some great resources for you out there as well. The Divine Mentor is one of the books that we have. It's on that connecting shelf out there. And uh, it kind of sets this tone for what the journaling is all about. But studying God's Word will keep us on a path towards purity. And then we move into uh, verse 13, and the emphasis is on, on our mouth. The emphasis is on our lips and our mouth and instructions. We're we're to talk about what we're learning. And so not only are we supposed to make it a priority and store it up and not wander for it and study it, but we're, we're to talk with other people about it. We can't keep it in. In fact, if you're studying it and you're looking at it, it's like you're, if you're discovering things in Scripture, how can you not be excited about it and want to share that to others? You know, Jesus in, uh, in Matthew uh, chapter 5 talks about the fact that we are the salt 
and light of the world. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underneath people's feet. You are the light of the world, a city on a hill that can't be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a stand and it gives light to a whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they can see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You know, we are to study it. We're to apply it. We're to learn from it. And then we're to share it with others. I declare the rules of your mouth. You know, we are to share that. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all Scripture has been God-breathed. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, so that we may be equipped and approved for every good work that God has for us. You know, we are to use it and share it with others so that we can all grow on a journey together. And then sixth, we're to find delight in God's Word. And this is one of my favorites. I, I, I like this one because I know that lists can be kind of uh, uh, methodical, or like a checklist. And so it's like, oh, check number one, two, three. And so if we approach Scripture that way, then it becomes dogmatic. We're doing things to get things off of our list. But, but when you're reading Scripture, look for something to delight in. You know, in verse 14, it's probably the most important part of this passage because it reflects our heart. And so when you're reading through Scripture, try to find something that brings delight. There is so much good stuff in there. So when you're reading through a passage, what is there to delight in? How can you delight in this? You can delight in this because you have something to share. <laughs> and so as you look down through these passages, I can delight because I'm, I'm teachable, because the Lord's blessed and I'm learning his statutes. And so when you look through these different passages, try to find something that brings you delight. What do you get excited about? I mean, the scripture is exciting and it reveals our hearts and what God is doing in our lives. And we, not only do we share it, but we, and not share it because we have to, but there's some neat stuff in here. And as you think about your circumstances in life, when you're going through, when you're going through a difficult time and you pick up a passage, how can God encourage you through his word? God's word is encouraging. And when we read it, we're to find delight in it. And so we, we find delight in it. And then seven, we meditate on it. I will meditate on your percepts. I will fix my eyes on your way. So meditating is to deeply focus your mind on something for, for a period of time. And so as much as I like delight, this one is the one I have to work on. It's like for an extended period of time. I need to fix my eyes, you know, meditating. You know, I'm good for, you know, a couple of minutes. And then I got to go find something to do. What does that happen to you? So when you're reading or you're trying to journal something, it's like, oh, I just thought of this. And so that, that happens. And so meditating is the ability to push those things out and keep our eyes focused on his word. I, I tried reading through the Bible. I was going to the gym. I was walking on a treadmill and I was listening to the Bible. And I'd have to stop. And i what did you just say? I'd have to back up. That's why I can't listen. I'm not an auditory learner. <laughs> I'm a handsy learner. And so I can listen to somebody say something. If you, t- if you tell me, if you give me a hundred words, I probably stopped at word five because I had to think about what you're saying. Don't give me the other 95 yet. So I have to process. It takes me a long time to process. And so when we're meditating on God's word, instead of trying to cram all the information in, it means I'm going to stop and I'm going to reflect and I'm going to think about what I'm reading. My brain is always working. And if something is really important, I need to stop moving. I need to put something on my calendar. My devotions have got to be on my calendar because if they're not on my calendar, I don't get them in. And if you have something really important to share with me today, do not stop me in the lobby after the service. 
<laughs> I need to think about what's being said. And when we read God's word, we need to meditate on that. We were to think about it and reflect on it. And, and that helps us to keep our eyes focused on him. And if we can do this, then we are living a life that is in the way of living out a pure life. And then on verse, uh, verse 16, I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. It's important that we recall and remember and think about what we've learned. And so one of the beauties of scripture memory is, is those passages come to your mind at a time when, when it's appropriate. You know, we're not to forget it, we're to recall it. And when we practice that, then all of a sudden things will, will come together when we're going through these circumstances in life. When I've got a difficult circumstance in my life, the first thing that pops into my mind, I recall Isaiah 40, 31. Wait upon the Lord, and he will renew your strength. Isn't that encouraging? And so when you've got it memorized, when you've stored it up in your heart, when you've meditated on it, and it's a part of who you are, you're able to recall it. And so it's good just to practice. And so on that scripture type wrap that we have, you can meditate on it, you can memorize it, but then you have an opportunity to kind of go through and check them. And so get into some kind of a rhythm where you're kind of keeping track of, hey, what's your memorized? It, it, it's really encouraging when you look back and say, wow, I've memorized one, I memorized a verse yesterday. I've memorized five verses yesterday. I've got 10 verses I've memorized. As you reflect and store it up and keep your eyes focused on it and don't wander for it and you're able to recall it, these are all strategies that we can use that help us to move in a way that is good and pleasing to the Lord. In uh, Titus chapter 2, Paul is writing to uh, uh, Titus and he says this in verse 11, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all the people training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled and upright and godly lives in this present age. We are waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself to us to redeem us from all lawlessness, to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. You know, we studied that passage as we were moving towards Christmas. We talked about the Advent season. We've got, we've got an Advent that we're moving towards Christmas as we prepare to celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're in an Advent season of sorts right now as we wait for his second coming. But we're not just sitting around waiting for Christ to return. It would be nice if Jesus returned. It's got some implications, though, for people that don't have a relationship with Christ. So Paul says it would be better for me that I, would, that I would be in God's presence, but he has work for me to do. I'm still here. God has work for me to do. And the work that God has for us to do is living out a life that is good and pleasing to him as we work to accomplish all that he has for us individually and together as the body of Christ. You, know, you can't forget something that you never had. And so we have, to, we have to have something in order to recall it. Memorize it. Work on it. Don't, don't, don't wander from it. And so as we go through uh, this next, next year, I'm praying that, that purity would be something that we're all aspiring to, that we're working on these, you know, prior to, prioritizing Scripture, making it a priority in our life, that we're not wandering for it. These are not just some good things to do, but they're guiding principles that guide my life, that guide our ministry. And so we're, to, we're not to wander from these. We're to store up God's Word in our heart. We're to study it. We're to talk about it. We're to find delight in it. And we're to meditate on it and recall it. And so I'm looking forward to uh, all that God has for us as we move into this new year. And so I hope you are as well. If you've got any questions, um, I'll be available after the service. And if you have questions about a relationship with Christ, that is probably, that is the most important decision that you'll make in this, this life is where you're going to spend the next. 
So if you have questions about our relationship with Christ, we'd like to help you get started on that journey. If you have a relationship with Christ and you think about, hey, what's God have for me next? You know, this is a good place for you to be because as we move through this year together, we're keeping our eyes focused on him. We're looking forward to what he has uh, for us together. And I pray that you would pray with me uh, that we would all be able to walk in a way that is good and pleasing uh, to the Lord as we move into this new year. Would you pray with me? Uh, Father, I just want to thank you. Thank you for this day you've given us today. And uh, God, thank you for the opportunity we've had to, uh, to come together uh, this morning to uh, just to worship you. God, thank you for uh, this space that you've given us. Thank you for your provision for our ministry. Uh, God, thank you for the ability that we have uh, to be effective at helping others in our community come to know and understand what a relationship with Christ looks like. And thank you for the opportunity we have to be a part of your plan, uh, reaching the world for Christ as well. God, thank you for our missionaries and both regionally and uh, globally. And God, thank you. We know that we're a part of something uh, bigger here. Uh, but God, as we prepare to uh, continue to move into this year, I pray that you would just help us to, to guard our hearts and our minds and our eyes for you and for your glory. And that we look forward to all that you have for us. We lift our lives up to you. We lift this ministry up to you. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's rise together one more time in body or spirit. Let's respond in worship to our God who is so, so worthy to receive it. cry out to worship whose glory taught the stars to shine perhaps creation longs to have the words to sing but this joy is mine with a thousand hallelujahs magnify your name you alone deserve the glory the honor and the praise lord jesus this song is forever yours a thousand hallelujahs and a thousand more who else would die for our resurrection means our right there isn't time enough to sing of all you've done but I have eternity to try with a thousand hallelujahs we magnify your name is forever yours a thousand hallelujahs a thousand more to the the king. 
much for worshiping with us. Have a blessed week at home.